Thank you for listening to the Potter's House Tri-Cities Podcast, located here in Pasco, Washington, where lives are still being changed for Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoy it. Um, the name of this sermon, amen, is Man of God. So if you're not a man in this place, amen, um, I guess just take what you can, Amen. From the sermon, and then uh, discard the other. Um, I don't know who said this, but it's kind of like I, when you read books. Amen. It's like you take the chicken, eat the chicken, and throw away the bone. So um, I found that you know, in preaching, amen, and listening uh, to pastors preach, that uh, I can, amen, take, amen, from sermons, amen, and apply them to my own life. So there's something that you can apply. Amen. In every sermon to your life, praise God. Malachi 4, 5 through 6. And so statistics tell us that in the home when the father is a committed Christian, the children have 75% chance of growing up to becoming a committed Christian also themselves. But in the home where only the mother is a committed Christian, that number drops to 23%. And so it is, uh, it is very obvious, amen, God needs our males to stand up, amen, and become discerning men of God in their home. And so let's read our scripture this evening, Malachi 4, 5 through 6. Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet before the great awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. Let's pray. God, we come before you, Lord God, this evening, Lord God, asking you, Lord God, to deal, Lord God, with our hearts, Lord God, our minds, Lord God, as men, Lord God, as Christians, Lord God, in general, Lord God, that we would learn, Lord God, to honor you all the days of our lives, Lord God, that we would know, Lord God, that it, it affects, Lord God, our homes, our families, Lord God, and not only that, but the people that we come in contact with. I pray, Lord God, rise up men and women, Lord God, that would, Lord God, lift up, Lord God, a standard in the generation that we live in, Lord God. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I want to take a look firstly at the turning the hearts. And so this is a powerful scripture that we're looking at. But it's really a warning. It may be an Old Testament scripture. But the truth is that it refers, amen, and affects us also. Particularly in this generation, it says before the coming of the Messiah, there will be a turning of the hearts of the fathers back to their children. And so there's a difference between being a male and, or being, and being a man. Just because you're a male does not make you a man. And so what does it mean to be a real man or a man of God? Amen. And so, you don't measure a man by his muscles. You measure a man by his moral fiber. You don't measure a man, amen, a real man, about how successful he is in business. 
but how successful he is at home. And so no amount of career success will compensate for failure at home. There's a difference between your reputation and your characters. And so reputation is who people think you are. Character is who your wife and your children know you as. And so real marriage has to go beyond the bedroom, amen, to sensitivity. And I'm not talking about that you need to get in touch with your feminine side, amen. As a man, amen, we should have no feminine side. But I'm saying that you need to be aware of what's going on, amen, with your wife and with your children. And so real marriage must go beyond romance to responsibility. I'm not saying this evening, amen, that you're not to, not, amen, not to romance your wife. You have to romance your wife, amen. But we have a responsibility as, as men of God, amen, that's beyond the responsibility of this world. And so when Joshua, amen, and the nation of Israel stood just across the river from their long-awaited promised land, God spoke to Joshua saying, tomorrow I am going to take you across the river. Tomorrow, amen, 40 years of waiting is coming to an end. And so you're walking into a land flowing with milk and honey. But God told, amen, Joshua, he gave him one last instruction before they were going to enter into the promised land. He said this to Joshua, Joshua 5, 2, he says, At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make a flint knives and circumcise the sons of Israel a second time. He goes on to say he, he was basically telling, amen, them that they needed to be circumcised again. And so circumcision was a cutting away of the flesh that was designated for the Jew men to be set apart for God's use. And so now before Israel could enter the promised land, was God was calling them for a reason, amen, sanctification. God was saying, blessings are about to come to my people. But before I can take your family into that, I have prepared everything that I have prepared for them. I need the men to be sanctified. And so there needs to be a recutting, amen, away of the fleshly things. And I want to say that flesh, amen, stops revival. The truth is that, you know, men in this generation... Amen. Have been getting away with some fleshly things. They've been doing things thinking God will just turn a blind eye. And so we might say to ourselves, well, boys may, will be boys. But God is saying, amen, this new thing I want to do requires a re-sanctification in every man's life. I want their eyes to be sanctified. I want their hearts to be sanctified. I want their minds and spirit to be pure. I don't want them just coming to church and taking a secondary role in the spiritual things at, in the home. And so circumcision, of course, was the cutting away of those hidden, sensitive places. And that's just, amen, where men need it. We need to deal with those secret issues, those fleshly things that hang on to us. 
hindering us from receiving what God wants us to receive. Amen. His full and spiritual blessing. Everybody knows the story of the Passover and Exodus. God kills the firstborn of Egypt, but separates or passes over the Israelites' home that had been making, sorry, that had the marking on the doorstep, on the doorpost. But there's another Passover in the Bible. Ezekiel 9, 4 through 6 says, And the Lord said to him, Pass through the city, through Jerusalem, and put a mark on the foreheads of the men who uh, sign and grow over all the nations that are committed in it. And the others said in my hearing, Pass through the city after him and strike. Your eyes shall not spare you shall not sh show no pity, killed old men outright, young men and maid maidens, little children and women, but a man touch no one who is marked. And being a man, begin at my sanctuary. So they began with the elders who were before the house. And so God is saying, if I can't find men who will be burdened in crying out for their wives and their children... I, amen, that I may save their families. But if there's no man in the house, amen, who will cry, carry the burden, amen, then the destroyer will slay the women and the children. And so we are living in those days when the devourer is threatening our children and our wives. There, amen, may have been a time, amen, when we could get away, when men could get away, would be in the secondary, amen, in the house, the, the spiritual, spiritually, with allowing, amen, women, amen, to be the prayer warriors or reading their Bibles or other spiritual things. But we're living in an hour when God is marking our homes. Think about it. That's why you see women today. They're in the churches. They're actually pastors, amen. It's because men will not take that spiritual role. Men will not be the spiritual leaders of their homes. And so he's, God is telling, amen, men that there needs to be a man in every home who's willing, amen, to cry out, who knows, amen, how to pray for himself. I want to say that, amen, your pastor, amen, is not your spiritual head of your home. You are. And it is time, amen, for us to cry out, Amen to God. It is time, amen, for you to mark your home for the blessings of God. If you look at our generation, if you look out, amen, at manhood today, amen, there's, there's not really many men of, of God. There's not really men of God, amen, praying. There's not really many men of God, amen, doing something in the kingdom of God, amen, because the day and, and age that you and I live in, there's a reversal, amen, of the roles. But the man, amen, needs to take, amen, a grip over his household. Let's look at growing up this evening. 1 Corinthians 13, 11 says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. And so when I became a man, I gave up my childish ways. And so Paul, amen, uses, amen, when twice. 
There is a wind of childhood and there is a wind of manhood. He's not talking about your physical age and how many years you have been on this earth. There are some men, amen, who are locked in an extended state of childhood. People who know, amen, you should be able to look at you a year from now and see that you've got bigger faith, you've got bigger commitment, a bigger prayer life, and a bigger dedication to God. You children ought to see Daddy praising the Lord and discerning things, the things of God. I know a lot of people, amen, they come into the house of God and they argue about the tithe. You know, they're, they're like, this is not biblical, amen, because it's only in the Old Testament. Wondering, amen, whether, amen, we're going to go to church or not. Watching television or surfing the internet instead of reading God's word. Hell has a target for your home, man. And God is looking for discerning men who will cry out to him for their families. Amen. If we don't take a hold of our homes, amen, the devil will. Paul said, I put away childish things. He didn't say God took them away. But Paul had to do something for himself. God is saying, I am ready to mature you. I am ready, amen, to take you to your new level. And in our main scripture in Malachi, amen, God says, I'm going to turn the hearts of the fathers back to their children. There are wounds, amen, in us that only a father can cause. But there are wounds, amen, in us that only a father can heal. And so what you do or do not do affects your family. I want to take a look at the curse of the fatherless, amen, generation. Kruger Nation in South Africa is the largest, amen, preserve in the world. And so when they were facing an overpopulation of elephants, they decided to separate the young elephants because they were eating all the vegetations. So they took 300 of their younger male elephants, separated them from the influence of the older male, more mature elephants. And so they moved, amen, over three, amen, hundred of the younger elephants, 300 miles away. The reserve had no elephants, amen, but, amen, those, amen, Sorry, the reserve had no elephants, but happened to be the natural terrain of the rhino, the white rhino. The right white rhino was no natural, has no natural enemy, and so it's too mean, it's too tough, it's too fast, and it's too strong. But to the amazement of the authorities, they began to find dead rhinos over all the park. So they put cameras up and found that these young male elephants with no mature, amen, influence in their lives, or were forming into packs and ganging on and killing, amen, the rhinos, amen, and this was not natural for them to do, amen, because the other, amen, males, the, the dominant males, the ones that were, amen, were to teach, amen, these younger males were removed, that's what they were doing, and every night on the news in every American city, there are stories of gang violence. Do you know why we've got gangs roaming? Amen. Do you know why we've got killings and shootings? It is because we do not have older mature men who are speaking into the lives of our younger men. 
venturing and developing and maturing and teaching them what is acceptable behavior and what is unacceptable. Even though, amen, I have seen men come into our fellowship without a physical father figure in their lives, I have seen these men develop into men of God because now they have found a spiritual father figure in one of our churches. Isaiah 4 says this, one says, And seven women shall take a hold of one man in that day, saying, We will eat our own bread and wear our own clothes. Only let us be called by your name, take away our reproach. And so this prophecy, amen, that we were looking at, amen, is, amen, for our last days. There will be a shortage of mature men. There will be a shortage of discerning godly men that will come. Seven women to one man with their families. So not, amen, for marriage or anything immoral, but for shelter. Because they won't be able to find enough godly men to speak over their lives, over their families, amen. And so perhaps, amen, the prophet said this, amen. He foresaw our situation, amen, in the United States of America today. Listen to this. When an estimated 2.7 million children, that's 33%, amen, of children live without their biological father. And so they're growing up in a fatherless home or in a fatherless generation. And so men are different than women. As great and gifted as women are, amen, we need the influence of men in our homes as well, amen, to provide a balanced stability and protection. God said he's going to turn the hearts of the father to the children. But he's also saying, I need some men who will carry the burden. Some men who will be willing to say, Lord, I am yours. And God, amen, wants us. Amen. He needs us, amen, for, for the generation, amen. Not just for our children, for, but for the generation that is to come. Hallelujah. I want to take a look, lastly, a different spirit. And so when God leads us, amen, it is through our spirit. When he leads us, he does not, amen, talk to our minds. Yes, I know it transfers, amen, from our spirit, from our heart to our mind, but he talks to our spirit. He talks to, amen, every man through his spirit. And so what kind of light does your spirit give off? That is the question, amen, we all need to ask ourselves. Proverbs 20, 27 says this, The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching, amen, all his innermost parts. And so the only light God has on earth to invade the darkness is men and women. There will be times when God will allow trials, complaint. And maybe even false accusations to come into your life. And so at the moment, God is taking his lamp, amen, and putting it in your spirit. You may be stronger, amen, and have more powerful influence than your accuser. You may be able to crush them, but God knows who you are under pressure, amen. And God wants to see if you're going to... Amen. Have a right spirit in the in face of adversity. 
And so it is time, times of pressure, times of crisis, that your real spirit will come out. God has done this to me numerous times, amen. He's put pressure, amen. Being a door director, you get pressure put on you, amen. And that's when God, amen, that's when you yourself see what you're really made of. You may not be perfect. You may mess up. You may do things wrong. But God always, amen, goes beneath the surface to illuminate your spirit. And so no matter what happens in your life, no matter who hurts you, no matter who cuts you off in traffic or undermines you at your job, no matter what happens in your marriage, in your home, you need to have, amen, God's spirit. Not a spirit of bitterness, not a spirit of unforgiveness, and not a spirit of anger. I want you to think about Jesus. The night before the crucifixion, an argument arises between the apostles. To who will be the greatest in heaven? And so this wasn't the first time this argument arose. Then knowing he was going to go to the cross in the next 24 hours, Jesus got up and took, amen, a pitcher of water and a towel and went around the table washing the feet of the disciples. And so he even washed the feet of Judas, who was about to leave him and betray him. Jesus washed the feet of a man who would sell him out. Jesus was demonstrating for them beyond words a man could ever say. He was showing them the spirit of a servant. So the question is this evening, do we have a godly spirit? Do we have, amen, a different spirit than the world has? Or are we willing to cultivate, amen, a godly spirit in our lives? Because we can, amen, cultivate a godly spirit. And so whatever spirit we possess, we will influence and put that spirit into the people we encounter, amen, or come in contact with in our churches. Be it good or bad, we will even, amen, influence our children to have that same spirit. So we need to have, amen, a spirit of faith, a spirit of peace, a spirit of patience, amen. And so the people, amen, that we influence will have that same spirit. God said this of Joseph. He said, Joseph, amen, sorry, not Joseph, I wrote down the wrong name. Joshua had a different spirit. And so Joshua was able to lead a nation into the promised land. The old people, amen, God had to kill in the wilderness. But he said that Joshua had a different spirit. They had a complaining spirit. And so God, amen, had to leave them in the wilderness because God couldn't bring that spirit into the promised land. Jesus also had a different spirit. And so Jesus was able to influence other men to carry out, amen, his ministry, on his ministry, after he left this earth. And so when we have a different spirit, the spirit of God, then we can influence other men in our generation and raise them up, amen, for greater things, amen, or for greatness 
And so they can do the same for the generations to come. Amen. Can I have every head bowed and every eye closed this evening? You've just listened to the Potter's House Tri-Cities Podcast located here in Pasco, Washington. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you come back for more.